0: welcome to grace story podcast we're here to connect you with education resources and community that equip you for the journey of restoration i'm your host nate davison and i want to welcome you to a special episode uh we're live at conference grace story conference 2021 i have ryan waters with me and amber jones Amber, we're doing a special episode here, uh, and I'm going to hand it over to you and Ryan. I'm just going to take a back seat and uh, be the producer here, but we're doing a special episode for some professionals at which university?
1: Phoenix University.
0: Phoenix University. All right, I'm going to hand it over to Amber and Ryan to walk through some things for these professionals, and uh, I I think you're going to love what you hear.
1: Thanks, Nate. We're so excited for this opportunity to just share what Grace Story is doing and um, why we're here and how to connect with other professionals who want to speak into this ministry. Absolutely. Um, So my name is Amber Jones, and I founded Grace Story in 2019. And with me today is Ryan.
2: So great to be here.
1: And Ryan is our content strategy director and also a licensed counselor. Mm-hmm. And you have lots of initials after your name as well, things that <laughs> that you've <laughs> sure. done in specialized trainings. Um, CSAT is one of them.
2: Yep, Certified Sex Addiction Therapist, which is a certification program for working with sex and porn addiction.
1: Yeah, and and so we're just gonna have a conversation today. Um, one of the things we really wanted to talk about that is a passion here, because Grace Story is um, ha- was started for the body of Christ. Mm-hmm. Um, so some people ask, you know, who do you serve? Who is your demographic? And we, we have said we're, we are here to serve the entire body of Christ, not just one arm, but for everyone. And to find that journey of restoration, what is that? Mm -hmm. That's to be, um, whole person healed, spiritual, physical, emotional, relational, and to heal together into the image of God that we were meant to be. And obviously that's a journey.
2: Yes. To be fully alive. Yes.
1: Yes. Um, so in 2019, I started Grace Story out of my own my own journey of healing, and um, I grew up in a family that was in uh, public Christian ministry at a Bible college in Cincinnati, Ohio. My dad was a public relations director there, and we really had the PR image thing down. And we, um, we knew how to look the part and... From the outside, but behind closed doors, there was a lot of um, unfortunate things that were happening. Some family dysfunction that I carried with me into marriage, mm-hmm. and um, as I as I entered marriage and I and then parenting, and realized, wow, there's some residual mm-hmm. that I and I you know I can button down the hatches for a while, but um, this isn't sustainable. Yes and there's only so long that i can i can do this and and so i knew i knew there was something off i i knew it was broken but i didn't know i didn't know how to get help i didn't know where to go and i had a family friend who is a therapist who just said hey i'm here if you ever need to talk and when i got to that point of just you know kind of bottoming out rather than i was 8 months pregnant so i like to say well that's why i was emotional but the truth was there was a lot, a lot behind that, not just the little one waiting to be born. And, um, and so she started helping me connect to some different resources and counseling. And one of the places we started, and we're gonna dive into this a little bit because this is, this is some of what you do, Ryan, mm-hmm. um, with the healing our core issues, and um, was going back to not just talk about the stories, so not just talk therapy of it, but to actually use those experiential therapies yes, and feel the stories, look at them for what they were and, um, and move them from, you know, that logical part of our brain to, to be able to actually, um, put some truth to it. Yeah. So I remember going in, it was an intensive weekend. So like one of those, what is it? Two, three days. Yeah. They, you know, felt survivors like seven. Weekend. Yes. Yeah. It aptly named the survivor's weekend. <laughs> um, and and i remember being such a critic mm-hmm. so i had gone to school for for you know counseling and got my minor in that and all of that but um, but going into that room and just thinking hmm i don't know how these things work mm-hmm. you know and i'm not sure if they are going to work or if people are like are they making this up and um, and so I, I first of all not every counselor does understand some of the that because there's so many different ways you can look at and approach therapy. I wondered if you might just give a little bit of background to what what DART, what Healing Our cores is.
2: Sure yeah so DART is some of the other initials at the end it stands for developmental and relational trauma therapy which is based out of the work of Pia Melody which focuses on inner child work and healing our, our core issues there are five core issues. Every child deserves to be seen as valuable, to be able to be vulnerable, know that they're going to be protected. Mm-hmm. To be able to depend or rely on other people to consistently meet their needs without smothering and kind of overstepping boundaries and moving towards enmeshment. Uh reality issues, to be imperfect, to be human and know that you're still lovable. And then finally to be spontaneous and open to be a kid, to be fully alive, but also within that learning, moderation, and containment. Mm-hmm. And so those, that's kind of the, the theory or the, the main things you're looking for. But some of the specific practices uh, is it uses inner child work where you go back and have conversations with those wounded parts of yourself and learn how to appropriately reparent them. And that's really where it moves it from kind of the left brain. Like you, your head may tell you the right things, but it uses more right brain Uh, where it actually integrates the story into your experience, thereby reducing some of the trauma reactions.
1: And there are some powerful moments that happen in those rooms, and you don't make it up. Um, But as I went in cold turkey, you know, and I had my friend that that was a licensed counselor, Rebecca, with me, and so I trusted her, Mm -hmm. and so I was willing to trust the process. Yeah. And I had paid a lot of money to be there. And so in my mind, it was like, I paid those $1,800. I'm getting every, I'm gonna squeeze it for everything I can get, mm-hmm. right? And um, one of the things that they they have you do, so is there were four of us in that group. And, um, and so I was actually the last person to kind of sit in the chair and share a little bit of my story. And I had heard all of the other three go through and one of them was like you know one of the worst cps stories mm-hmm. you could imagine and by the time i got time for my story i i was embarrassed mm-hmm. i thought you know my my story really you know I, I mean i can't say i was never loved there were there were good times right and and i mean we had vacation and that was great and um i mean we, were, we went to church my kids i mean my my parents told me about god and so, you know, really wasn't that bad, mm-hmm. that minimizing, right? Like, yeah. well, compared to her story, I can't share mine. Yeah. So um, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to share just a little bit of what I had shared in that chair where I went through some of the spiritual trauma that I had gone through. And, um, and so I, I had sat there and I had talked about how at night there were times when, um, when I got what I called the hell talks. Mm-hmm. And um, I was an avid Little child liar, mm. and I, you know, I just had a lot of attention issues. Which, in a family with dysfunction, you know, that's not a surprise. Mm. But my dad used to say I lied for the fun of it, um, just to see if I, if anybody would believe me. And um, he would come in and well-meaning, but he would he would tell me about hell and the horrors of it and how bad it was. And and I think this happens very often in church homes. And we, in a previous podcast, we talked about this raising hell higher than the level of grace Mm -hmm. and um, where we put, you know, this, the fear side of it can happen in these spiritual traumatic situations where we, we want so badly for our kids just to stink and obey, (laughs) you know? And, and so we lift this, you know, well, I I know hell is real and we're going to tell them about that and scare them into it. And that would happen. And so I I sat there and I kind of recounted some of those situations and a few more of the details and the things that had happened. And when I got to the end, I just thought, I really, I really don't think my story is worthy of being here. Mm. And now I've shared it. And now other people know that my story isn't worthy of being here. And I physically did not feel like I could lift my head. And I sat there, and Dr. Rick Butts, who champions the Healing Our Core Issues work as well, as one of the, mm-hmm. the teaching instructors for that around the country. He was the one that was with us in that intensive, and he was sitting beside me, and he said, Amber, in his compassionate way. Um, and this is what I remember. I'm sure he used better clinical words, but you know, he said, I, what's going on right now? You know, what are you experiencing? And I said, I, I, I just am so embarrassed that i I really don't feel like I can lift my head, and he said i you know when you're ready, I really would like for you to to be able to look around and i looked i finally it did it it was kind of the awkward two to three minutes of, of silence, and I finally looked up, and the other three women who had just shared their stories were sitting there with tears in their eyes
2: mm-hmm.
1: And that was a powerful moment for me. I didn't know why they were, you know, mm-hmm. I didn't know why they were, what, the, what in the world they'd connected with. And um, you'll know the verbiage better, but when they speak back after that moment of sharing, there's, there's this moment where he has each of them kind of speak back. This is what I've, I've identified with, or mm-hmm. some way that I connected with your story. Mm-hmm. And um,
2: yeah, it's, we call it the, the feedback. And there's actually a format. So when you hear the other person's story, you say, wow, I validate that. And I hear that. And here's the way I feel I connected with it on a personal level.
1: So as they practiced that yeah, and we went through that, that one pr- girl that was there, I mean, we were all adults. She looked at me and, and she said, you know, and she, she was visibly shaken mm. And, and I really, that one threw me the most. I didn't understand, you know, how could she have connected anything with my story? I thought she would, she would have all people almost maybe thought that it was ridiculous, you know, like, wow, that is silly, you know, um, the, the stories that we make up yeah. in our heads yes. <laughs> about what other people are thinking. And she said, you know, I, I really connected with your story because in mine, I knew God was real or I would be dead. Mm -hmm. And in your experience, God was taken away from you Mm -hmm. because of how he was presented. Yes, And it was kind of the start of realizing, you know, everybody says don't minimize your story, Mm -hmm. realizing there are ways that we connect with one another, whether we have that incredible you know cps trauma Mm -hmm. or whether we just experienced some of that emotional trauma now there was there were other traumas as well in our home but that that other underlying kind of that the neglect the covert that we talk about the covert Mm -hmm. abuses that can happen and that was kind of the beginning of the wake up to that
2: yeah sometimes i use the term big t and little t trauma Not to categorize it as more significant, but uh, big T trauma are the ones you think of. Soldier coming home after a battle, witness a car accident or, or some serious tragedy. Little T trauma are just as impactful, but they're harder to identify. And that's that covert abuse you talked about, where maybe you reached for love and affection and the person just wasn't there. Or you had needs that would go unmet, and so eventually you just shut down. And you became needless and wantless. That kind of trauma is just as powerful, but it's often overlooked,
1: yeah. and harder to feel like it's justified to go get help, yeah, yeah you know, exactly. and because you you can always find somebody's story that's worse than yours, yeah, when you're looking somebody's situation, you will find them. Mm-hmm. and And then it's easy to justify that because it is expensive to go. Mm. And it should be because training is expensive <laughs> it's to true. get, you know, y- y'all aren't just sitting there giving us your opinion mm-hmm. this is actual brain science that you're learning and putting into practice and, and really working through yeah. true healing mm-hmm. of the brain and um, so yeah as I've continued through that weekend um, oh goodness you know it I was starting to come to grips that there there was something here that was worth pursuing. Rebecca was right after all, you know, um, I, <laughs> she I regularly, is, just, she, you know, I know Rebecca too. <laughs> yes, exactly. You know, when she was like, you're on a PTSD scale, you're up here at a 10 and I'm like, but I feel so normal. And we hear that from our, our people in the grace story community, how it is a bit unnerving mm-hmm. to have someone look at you when you're, you have found your normal, you found what it feels like to function, and um and you're making it work you may not love it you may know it's broken but it's working Mm
2: -hmm.
1: and um shoot there's always a place to put that money you know groceries yeah disney whatever you know go there live it up a little and then come back to your reality but um can i I jump into that for just one second
2: because you just highlighted something i think is very important which is it's very easy for us to put money into things or experiences Mm -hmm. but very hard to invest in our own healing and that sila yeah (laughs) yeah, right there um that is some of the most important work or maybe resources we can invest uh, most important area because that out of that flows everything else right and so i that's one thing i work with people a lot who are trying to wrestle with am i ready for counseling am i not is Do you understand that you're valuable enough to invest the resources in for healing?
1: Yes. And the interesting thing is, so over the years, I mean, we've spent 10,000 plus Mm -hmm. on my journey. And my husband has said, there's not a penny he regrets Mm. of this. Yeah, And if you think about those experiences you're taking, um, a lot of times what I found for me is that um, I was trying to find that kind of Mm -hmm. relaxation. And then I'd come back from, um, you know, and I was hoping to be filled up somehow on that trip and I would dread it going into it and I would dread it coming out of it. Mm -hmm. And I couldn't figure out why. And I realized already, I did work around this one time with my therapist, realizing I have an expectation that is never gonna be met by a vacation.
2: Yes, yes.
1: And so we spend thousands of dollars. I mean, I just mentioned Disney take that, mm-hmm. you know, cause so many people go there, yeah. thousands of dollars to go where dreams come true. Mm-hmm. And, and when we're talking about this inner child work, there is something there where we're going to try to celebrate that playfulness. We're trying to, but when we don't have the tools for that, that conflict, those things, and those will come up on vacation, they don't stay home. And then you realize, wow, we just went and we fought the whole time. We couldn't yeah. make a decision together. Nobody yeah. was willing to give because they wanted this ride and we wanted that ride. And mm-hmm. you know. And then we just blew all this money.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: And it really only compounds the problem. It does. Yeah. So yeah, I think that's an, a good point to make. So then I had invested that money, that mm-hmm. 1800 I talked about. Mm-hmm. I'm going through the weekend. I'm trying to squeeze every ounce of, of whatever I can get out of it. and um, And I got to a couple of the... The things they had us do. One was writing a letter to your younger self using your non-dominant hand.
2: Yes, <laughs> and <laughs> which can I explain that just yes. from from the clinical side? A lot of times when you do that, uh, people realize or, or, or think that it's it's about the performance side of it. That um, uh, you have to be able to write it just right to make sure that it's, it looks perfect and that's really not what it's about. It's about that right brain to right brain connection and that's where healing actually takes place.
1: And as I, as I was trying to do that everybody else in the room seemed to be doing it right.
2: Mm-hmm. You
1: know, I don't, they weren't saying they were doing it right but I perceived that about them because <laughs> I'm very very intuitive like that you know in my humanity mm-hmm. and um, I sat there And I couldn't think of a thing I wanted to say. Mm. Nothing came. Um, I was writing and it was good penmanship and I was like, this should be sloppy. I just started writing words Mm -hmm. and I thought and I was about ready to cry Mm. because I mean I I didn't because I at that point I I was I wouldn't cry, you know. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Too good for that. But um but I thought this isn't working. It's not working. And I leaned over to Rebecca and I was I was just so frustrated. So this therapy is not working for me. And there were a couple of things at play. One, be, because I was so vigilant, I truly was as a child, and I was always trying to think of the worst case scenario that could happen and be prepared for it. I had taught myself to write well with both hands in case I ever broke my arm. And she's like, of course you did. <laughs> um, so there was that. But also what we started and, and through a couple other exercises we did throughout the weekend, I started realizing... I, I actually just it wasn't that I couldn't do it. it actually was revealing something mm. about my past and that is that my childhood had been lost because of the role I, I played in my family. Mm. Mm-hmm. And so to tap back into being a child, um, I my role in my family was that of what we call the hero yeah you know and and maybe you can explain that a little bit, but to take care of the family and to keep the peace and to make sure everybody's doing what they needed to do and to be my parents counselor and, Mm -hmm. you know, just all of that kind of stuff. And so that's why I was very good at objectifying or, uh, you know, putting that logical thought together, but not feeling.
2: Yeah. Well in, in the hero role and maybe I'll take one zoom out a little bit here. Families like to have a level of homeostasis. And so every, member kind of gravitates towards this role that they fill within the family unit in order for the unit to function. Unfortunately, some of those roles that we move to are highly dysfunctional. And so what seems normal for the family is actually highly dysfunctional. And so that's one of the things that's really hard with healing, especially in a family unit, is whenever one member changes out of their predetermined role, it requires a shift in the rest of the family unit. And so that process is hard, not just for the person making that healthy shift, even if it's a good shift, but uh, it's hard for the rest of the family to learn how to adapt to that as well,
1: yeah, so as i you know I kind of went through and that was eye opening that was just the start mm-hmm. um and and there oh, goodness I think it was a three and a half four year journey of of deep work. I'm still you know sure. I still do maintenance counseling sure. even now, but When I got to kind of the end of that, I I went through a year of anger where I just processed a lot of anger that had never been kind of worked through. And then anxiety, deep, dark anxiety. And because I I had experienced quite a bit of spiritual trauma from different points, not just in my immediate home, but the the, um, kind of the church places that we would go and the family camp and some of those things. there yeah, there were times where very very you know, like throwing out demons and mm-hmm. and saying they're gonna go into, you know, if you're not if you're not a Christian, they're going into you and as a very small kid knowing, Oh, well I am so naughty, I'm not redeemable and mm-hmm. I hope they don't come into me and hiding in the bathroom and yeah. some of those points, yeah.
2: That is a uh, a pretty terrible but accurate example of what happens with spiritual trauma, which I'll give a a very kind of broad term definition of what that means, but our spirit is that part of us that reaches towards God, that God places in us to kind of draw us to him throughout our lives. And so spiritual trauma at its core is a wounding of that. It's a wounding of our ability to reach towards God, to think in your case, maybe I'm not worthy, maybe I'm not good enough, uh, or maybe, I'll let you take it from there, but I think that's also yeah. connected with one of the reasons why Grace Story came into existence for you.
1: Yeah, and so when I kind of got to the end of being able to process through those moments and, and I realized, wow, how do how do I use my story? So many people write a book or become a public speaker or mm-hmm. things like that, areas that I had some gifting in. And I was praying about that and I just felt like God kind of poured out this vision of grace story mm-hmm. and, um, telling our story is very important. Mm-hmm. It's relatable. It connects with people. But what I had found is that when we just tell our story, um, people become open and some of those, some of those band-aids get ripped off. Those, yeah. those scars kind of open up and, um, and it leaves us raw we don't know what to do so just to say go get help it's out there that's not helpful yeah. and so what i really felt like the format needed to be was to tell those stories of god's grace showing up in our stories yeah. but then follow it immediately up with and this is what we do with our conference um is add in the the master's level instructors field experts who can give the practical tools right yeah. there on how do we do this so if we're talking about spouse betrayal mm-hmm. we give that example in the story but then we also say and here's what you can do about it mm-hmm. and this is the road that you can walk
2: and um, here are the people that are here today you can talk to exactly about that. right yeah.
1: here right now uh, we have counsel. we actually provide a counseling room that is staffed fully staffed by volunteers for the two days of conference mm-hmm. and um that's you know if, if that's something that if you're a professional listening then you're you would be interested in mm-hmm. reaching out we also have the community that we yeah. do a, a private community page on facebook and so it's not just two days of help yeah. we want to walk that journey with yeah. um with those who who continue that at home and um so we have the community page and we we guard that group pretty safely mm-hmm. there are some questions that you have to answer to be a part give us your email and just so we know you're a real person. Sure. And um, and then we have counseling mm-hmm. instructors that will give help there, ways that we can pray for one another in yeah. there, um, and journal prompts, things like that. Yeah. So that's another way we like to have involvement.
2: And if I can put my content strategy director yes. hat on for a second, I'm always on the lookout for folks who have some, some content that they are willing to provide to the community. So for those of you that are training to go into this field and – uh, I would love to connect with you because I think you have something that we need to hear and that can be of a real help to our community. So please, uh, if you were interested in doing that, shoot me an email. It is ryan, R-Y-A-N, at com, and I would be happy to connect with you. Um, that, that's also one of the things that I really love about Grace Story is we're not just about ripping the band-aid off, as you said, but we're about how do we connect people who are hurting mm-hmm. with real resources. Because mm-hmm. whenever you're hurting, your your brain it shifts a little bit. You can't think quite as clearly as you would if you were outside of that pain. And so that's really where you need someone to maybe literally take your hand and walk you to where you need to go. So we consider ourselves kind of a resource broker. Yes. Even if we can't be the ones who actually are part of the intricate healing party uh, uh, part of your journey we can at least take your hand and walk you to the resource yeah, that walk you need. those
1: first steps with you yeah. and that's what i needed um as someone who was experiencing those points of wounding yeah. and um and man when you call a counseling office as someone who maybe doesn't know the world mm-hmm. of counseling really well you don't have an inroad And just to pick up the phone, it takes such courage to make that first call. And if if there, you might not try a second time.
2: Yeah, yeah.
1: And and so that's why Grace Story is here to say, hey, we're you know we get that tentative trust to start with, Mm -hmm. and then once they see we really are coming from a biblical worldview, we care about the individual and we care about the whole family.
2: Yeah, absolutely. One other thing I'll, th- I'll throw out, again, recognizing that I'm speaking to uh, a group of, prof- of professionals, one of the, the best pieces that I had ever been given personally, pieces of advice, when I was going through my own uh, MAC program, was do the work yourself. Sit in that other chair. And so I would pass that piece of advice along as well. That's been one of the most powerful pieces of my own healing journey was knowing what it's like to have that courage to make that appointment, to go in wondering what will this person think of me or do I really have a right, deserve to be here. And so thank you, Amber, for giving uh, this group an insight into what that looks like. And I hope they walk away with a greater appreciation for uh, what it's like to be in the other chair.
1: And I have such a gratefulness for what you guys are doing. And especially with this you know, we've come through the pandemic, but mm. we all know there's also a pandemic in mental health because yeah. of this. Yeah. And so you all are on the front line and I, I'm grateful. I know that there's a cost attached to that because yeah. um, when you are a good therapist, you're entering in yeah. and championing with them. And um, so thank you for the opportunity to share today. Mm. Ryan, thank you for joining me yeah. in this conversation and, and witnessing part of my story with me today and um, so I appreciate it if you want to find us then you can find us at Ministries.com and everything else kind of stems out of that I'm going to throw it back to Nate who's going to close out this session
0: thank you for listening to this uh, special live episode at Grace Story Conference of Grace Story Podcast. Like Amber said, you can find us at GreatStoryMinistries.com and you can get with the podcast on any of the major episodes, iTunes, Spotify. Uh, We'd love to have you become one of our loyal listeners. Until next time, we'll be praying for you on your journey of restoration. See you next time.